0: Hi, and welcome to the St. Farron Valley Schools ELA cast. I'm Zach Chase, the ELA coordinator here in St. Farron Valley Schools. Uh, We're happy to have you with us. Today, I got to sit down with Greg George, my counterpart for mathematics instruction and learning. And we talked about what writing can look like in the math classroom. Really interesting stuff, so hope you enjoy. Hi, who are you and what do you do?
1: I am Greg George. I am the district mathematics coordinator, K-12.
0: Awesome. K-12, so you're not doing the college mathematics coordinated.
1: No, no. They haven't asked me to do that yet. They just don't know about your great work. Well, there's parts of higher ed that could probably use some of our good things that we do in K-12. That's probably true. (laughs) So,
0: Greg, one of the pieces why I'm excited to talk to you, one of the pieces that we always kind of hear about is, like, oh, how do I, how do I get some good writing like across the curriculum? Mm -hmm. And math, I think, to most people, feels like a stumbling block around writing. Um, right? I would say, no, this is its own set of literacy, and we won't go down that road. Um, and you and I were talking the other day about um, having students write an explanation of their answer, mm-hmm. not being your favorite kind of writing to do in math. Well, Why? yes.
1: Well, you know, in, in, when a lot of schools want to do the uh, writing across the curriculum, mm-hmm. and then it becomes very token for the math teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and really, no one knows how to dress it in a... Thoughtful way, and so it becomes a checklist item. And, and one of my worst prompts out there is, uh, you know, here's a problem, which is normally a procedural problem anyway. You know, basically, uh, you know, compute the whether add these two numbers together or just do this arithmetic operation. It can be in a story problem context, but then the words at the end are explain your answer, explain your reasoning, which some savvy kids will come back and say, I did it in my head. Mm-hmm. And it was teachers. I was that did, right? I mean, and teacher get upset with that because they say, No, I need you to put your thinking on the paper. Mm-hmm. But for that particular student it was but I did it in my head. Mm-hmm. So for that student that should be, you know, a valid answer. But it's just not what we wanted. So we you know, we kinda want this. So we went pride. in
0: looking for a thing. Versus yes. saying, oh, I wonder how this student solved this problem. Well, that's
1: right. And, and I think what this comes down to is, you know, instead of just saying explain your reasoning, explain your answer, it's I mean, maybe we can ask a different question mm-hmm. to get better writing. And and there was actually a colleague, um, I can't remember where uh, I, I got this question from, but it, the idea is if you want to know what a student is thinking, ask them a question that you do not know the answer to. Mm-hmm. And so can we take that when we do Problem-solving tasks, whatever reasoning we want to see from them at the end, whatever the, those final instructions are, if you really want to know what a student is thinking, you want them to explain that in writing. Then let's give them a prompt that's going to give um ask them to explain that. When we don't already have the pre you know prescribed template that we're looking for, that we're trying to force kids into.
0: Well, I and mean, it, it, this sounds like a kind of a big hang up in science, too, is right, you have an quote-unquote experiment uh-huh. that you run, <laughs> and we all know the exact number that we're looking for as far yes, as kind right? of how things end up. Um, so you're saying, no, let's actually be mathematicians almost, right? So, right, if I visited uh, those wayward colleges and went into their math departments, I wouldn't see people saying, no, I'm just doing this problem for the 800th time.
1: Yeah, no, that's right. They're dealing
0: with a thing that they don't quite know how to do.
1: Well, and, and that's really, you know, mathematicians spend most of their time being wrong mm-hmm. and, and playing and, and trying to look for connections and relationships and patterns that may not exist. Right. You know, we're just fortunate enough uh, in terms of math educators in the system that we put kids through, we stay the math that's known. Right. <laughs> and, and so it, that's where, you know, you know, math, and this is it gets tangential, but it gets to the writing component too. Of, you know, we always think that math lives in this very um, distinct box right. where it's all about right answers. It's all about proper structures and processes, which, yes, there, there's part of that, but where does this play, where does the thinking, where does the I'm wondering coming from, right. where does the build the argument come from? Uh, you know, one of the greatest standards for mathematical practice we have is actually, number three, construct viable arguments and critique the reasoning of others. Not just a standard for mathematical practice, right? If we do that in all content No, areas, that, sounds,
0: that sounds like a real language artsy kind yeah. of thing well, to say is. there, Greg. And, and doing that in science, right. too,
1: in social studies. I mean, you know, you know, it really transcends all the content areas. So how do we get kids to build arguments? You know, we give them a data set, or, or here's a problem, or here's some data that's been collected to try to solve a problem. So, students, what are you going to do about it? build an argument. Right. Here, here's what we're trying to get to. How would you interpret this data set? Or from this data, what type of a model could you build? And, and, and give me the justifications on why, in 20 years from now, that that your model or what you built is reasonable, or maybe why it's not reasonable, or, or why it falls apart, the limitations. I mean, that's the real-world math everybody does. Because otherwise, if you go back to the explain your reasoning, you get those viral homework assignments. Right that we can all look up, you know, dumb common core homework assignments, right. and they went viral for a reason, mm-hmm. because it just wasn't an authentic prompt, uh, it was very contrived, and it was just someone basically spouting off to, you know, to, to be to be smart and snarky about it.
0: So I, I also think back to when I sat down and took the AP Calc test mm-hmm. um, when I was in high school, right? And all of a sudden... I knew I got the wrong answer. I should not have taken that test, let's be honest. I was, I was able to do math, but I was not. That was, somebody wasted like 75 bucks on me on that one. But I knew that I had done the math wrong, mm-hmm. but the test also asked me to say why I had done what I had done. Yes. That, for me, felt liberating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just to be like, I know this is wrong, but let me show you what I did and why I did it. Um, because I didn't know the answer, yeah. right? And nobody had prepared me for that like, that specific problem. Right. Um, and so it sounds like what you're saying is giving kids that experience throughout their time and, and having them be able to, to kind of write out that reasoning of, like, here's the big piece.
1: A- absolutely. In fact, you know, we were talking about science and experiments earlier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and similarly in science, you know, they have the idea of science notebooking. Right. Uh, and I know that there's a whole protocol for what, what science notebooking looks like, but there's also a version of math notebooking as well. Uh-huh. Uh, and th- You can almost think about it as a math diary, however, but it's just putting your thoughts on paper. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, here's me playing with the problem, I'm not going to erase, I could cross things out, I could always put, uh, you know, marginal thoughts, uh, here's what I'm thinking, here's where I'm stuck, but it's just a place for me to put all my thinking where it's not perfect and then being able to reflect on it too.
0: So for me, I think about kind of, again, all I can go back to is because my math experience as a a student in K-12, our day was large, like, let me get the teacher giving us the notes, us copying those notes down, the teacher asking a question that, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple of the kids knew the answer to, all of us kind of getting down in our chairs, knowing that if we waited quietly, that kid would get asked, That's right. and then we'd write down what they said, uh, because that kid was smart. And so it almost sounds like what you're saying is something to the effect of um, giving the students the texts, whatever those resources Uh are, and saying, we're going to do some problems around this together, but you need to look in there and find out what you think is important and then add that to your notes in a way that You can access. Would that be a piece of like mathematical writing that would be? Well,
1: absolutely. You know, you know, I think that you know the idea of mathematical writing isn't just the five paragraph essay. No, please no. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and the same way, you know, I I thrived in that system that you just described. I mean, that's really why I went to become a math teacher. Right. Uh, I will also tell you though, and, and I'll be happy to say publicly, getting a bachelor of arts in mathematics was not easy for me because Uh there is a part of where that procedural teaching and learning style, you just run out, you you tap out. And had I had more opportunities to say, you know, let's be reflective on what you're learning, or here's a problem, what seems to be important here? Mm -hmm. What operations or relationships can can you find? Just being able to document, somewhat journal those things, and and be transparent of, hey, here's where I'm stuck, but now I have documentation of where I am and what my thought process Mm -hmm. is. Uh, you know That can open up mathematics for a lot of folks, because if we keep viewing it as a magical black box, where here is the absolute answer, and, and let's not be fuzzy about it. There, there are answers. Right. When you get to statistics, however, and oh, this man. is where a lot of um, I love our more functions-driven students fall apart in statistics, is because your answer can be based on what is your justification? Right. What model did you use? Right. You know, how did you consider outliers and, and things that don't fall within the you know within the norm? So there are I don't want to say fuzzy answers, but they're mathematical arguments. Right. In statistics, it's very there very is room different. for disagreement. There is room for great disagreement, and that's where the critical thinking piece comes in.
0: So if I'm uh, a math teacher and I'm thinking because we kind of said don't do this, and then mm-hmm. we kind of gave some broad strokes as mm-hmm. to try doing these. Uh, these types of approaches. If I'm a math teacher trying to incorporate more authentic, legitimate mathematical writing into my curriculum, what are some things that I could do that I know that if Greg George walked into my room, it would make him weep with joy? (laughs) Uh, What are some pieces you'd love to see happening, uh, or that are great that are already happening across our math classrooms?
1: Well, a simple thing that doesn't require folks to change lesson structure necessarily uh, is just maybe the exit ticket is reflect on what you're learning today. Okay. Okay. Just simple reflection. Get that student thinking out there. It's a form of assessment trick mm-hmm. uh, as well. Or just putting a problem on the board for that exit ticket and saying, tell me things that you know about this. Uh, or even the there's some protocols you could do at the beginning of a class called notice and wonder. Mm-hmm. Put a prompt up and say, okay, "What are some things you notice? What are some things you you wonder?" Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really get to writing as we think about it in, in terms of again five paragraph. Right, we're not, we're talking about
0: being able to ex- written expression yes, is what we're talking read, about, not, not published works.
1: Exactly, because we're just so trained that you know in, in math the writing means you have a complete sentence where your answer is in there, right? And it's always assumed what the procedural steps are. So right. just other protocols to get thoughts on paper the reflection of here's where I'm on a problem, here's where I'm stuck, here's what I think is right, here's my thinking at this time, be able to come back. That doesn't require a change in lesson structure, Mm -hmm. but it's just an opportunity to say, hey, sit back, Mm -hmm. record some thoughts.
0: Well, and I would imagine that as a teacher, I get that, that exit ticket and I think, oh man, they wrote that they learned a thing that I was not trying to teach today you know and and so to be able to go back the next day and say let me shift so the structure can again stay the same but content you're catching up on the specific needs i I, one of the pieces i talk about with uh, english teachers all the time is uh having students write a question they have Mm -hmm. at the end of a lesson um and 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 leaving it as open as that to see what comes back and no, some kids are going to be funny and write why is the sky blue and that's fine um right not Razzing anybody about that, but you're also going to find those gaps. You're going to see what kids are wondering about that may be. It may point to the need for remediation, but oftentimes in my practice, it leads to kind of the opening of doors. Mm -hmm. Kids wondering about things that I would otherwise have thought, oh, that's that's too complex.
1: Exactly, and it does. It gets back to the point of you know whether it's just reflections. Here's what I thought today, or here's a question. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, part of that exit ticket could be just. Write a question you have. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be from today's lesson. Mm-hmm. Ideally, it would be content, you know, driven mm-hmm. somehow. Uh, but it gives the idea of this can be this can be a conversation mm-hmm. that there's things worth exploring. It gets to that idea that math isn't all about just the concrete box. For a lot of folks, is a magical black box. Right. Uh, it open it opens up that idea of just just inquiry. Why why does this work? Or I've always wondered about this particular relationship. And it can start some real conversations. And then that could eventually drive practice. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in terms of the the lesson itself, um, you know, getting back to that math practice number three, the construct viable arguments, critique reasoning of others, error analysis, or, you know, position A, position B, uh, is a nice prompt Mm -hmm. to to put as part of a lesson. Uh, For example, you know, so-and-so claims that given this data or, or these values that the answer or the product should be this. Um, is so-and-so, you know, correct or, or incorrect right. in their assumption or, or their proposition.
0: Well, and then maybe you would extend that to say, if they're incorrect, mm-hmm. what are some questions you would ask them to help oh, lead them, even better. To, right? Like, so not how would you explain, but what is, how might you lead people through their thinking?
1: Yeah, and that way it's not
0: answer driven.
1: Exactly. It's, it's ideas driven. Right. Uh, and that is something, you know, it's, it's in the culture of math, and I would say I was, I was a learner that benefited from this, I can be answer-driven. Mm-hmm. I benefited from it. Mm-hmm. And there was part of me that was very much lacking the ideas-driven. It like, like, I really didn't have time for that. <laughs> I, I didn't need to care for that because right. I could get to an answer. And well, like, and you could
0: be rewarded for that answer, I was too. very much
1: rewarded for it.
0: Um, so thinking about kind of where folks might want to go to learn more and think more deeply, are mm-hmm. there some resources around writing and mathematics or these kinds of, kind of approaches and philosophies that that you would recommend or that have been helpful to you?
1: You know, I would say, um, you know, in in terms of a specific site that's going to talk specifically about writing, uh, I don't know if I can name anything off immediately, but I have some protocols. Yeah. We talk about just getting ideas, opening things up. Uh, you know, Google is wonderful. Google knows a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, people want to Google notice and wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice protocol, really, for the for the mathematics classroom to and get and idea. the English classroom. Well, it works everywhere. Yes, so thing. these things are not siloed. So this
0: is the visible thinking uh, strategies. Uh, it's where I know it from.
1: I, and I, and I think the idea you know get questions in the room, and mm-hmm. it's not that we're here to answer all those questions. It's just declarative statements. Here's some questions that could be could be created. Uh, you know, those prompts could be created on, on the fly, there's always a, a whole bunch too. I know the math forum, I think, is where, at least in the math world, some of notice and wonder comes from. Um, another one where at least you can get some of the idea of uh, authentic student thoughts is which one doesn't belong. Uh, that can be easily Googled. In fact, you can just do which one doesn't belong math, where you just put up four, uh, an image of four, uh, whether it can be four numbers, it could be four equations, it could be four graphs, whatever. And the idea is which one doesn't belong, mm-hmm. and every one of those can not belong for a different
0: reason. But it's helping, helping students to build that justification of their yes. argument piece.
1: And the thing is, no one can be wrong. Right. I mean, if everyone cannot belong for a different reason, mm-hmm. and then when you hear students or whatever come up with their ideas, again, I, you know, it'd be nice to write these down in some type of a fashion, individual mm-hmm. think time, or you know, being uh, on paper, not just verbal. Uh, but it also builds that confidence to say, no, this isn't answer-driven, it's ideas-driven. And, and teachers and students will probably come up with things that everyone in the room will be like, whoa, I never thought about that. Right. Some of it can be very sophisticated and formal. Some of it can be very informal. Uh, and that's the idea of the protocol, is that entire range is, is valued.
0: Can I just say that it, it is occurring to me as we are having this conversation that another resource is probably right down the hall. And that is talking to a language arts teacher. Somebody who thinks about reading and writing on a pretty regular basis. (laughs) Absolutely. And and kind of what does that collaboration look like? And I think that oftentimes, and we joke about this when we're in front of people, is that there's, oh, these are different things.
1: Very different Um, things.
0: But what you have just (laughs) said as an English teacher, yes, of course. That Mm -hmm. is exactly what I'm working kids toward as well. Um, So I think that that's super important. Uh, Thank you, Greg. This is awesome.
1: No, thank you, Zach.
0: And if people listen to this and have questions or want to follow your thinking, where they, can they find you on the internet?
1: So a couple quick places. Uh, you can find me Twitter at svvsdmath um, or just go to blogs.svvsd.org slash math um, and you'll just see some ideas that are rattling through my head and, and maybe even some decent resources uh, to stumble upon to improve practice and get to this idea of how do I get authentic? Thinking and then putting some of that down on paper in terms of writing in the math classroom. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Zach.
0: Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the St. Brain Valley Schools ELA cast. I'm Zach Chase. If you've enjoyed any of our episodes or all of our episodes, please uh, rate us on iTunes and Stitcher, uh, wherever you subscribe to podcasts, and maybe even write a review. Help get the word out to other folks. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.